In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With riots in the streets and protests in the stadiums, and federal property being vandalized in the cities, Romans 13 is a timely word from God for us. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. As we look out upon our world over our masks and through our screens, we see a culture of resistance. But is it anything new? I'm asking those who grew up in the 60s. Is this resistance new? Of course, there's nothing new under the sun. Man has been resisting God's authority since the very beginning. When he tells Adam, don't eat the fruit, but Adam resisted. He disobeyed, and and up and down the centuries, man resists. You resist. But I do think that we are seeing something a bit new today in terms of resistance, but to see it, we have to look at the text a bit further. St. Paul writes, Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And with that one word, St. Paul, he shines a bright light on the problem today, honor the governing authorities. That word, honor, it's a very old one, drawn from the Old Testament, from the fourth commandment of God on Mount Sinai, where after commanding his people how to live before him, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. God commands then how we must live before one another, in the streets and off the streets. We are to first honor your father and your mother. See, honoring your father and mother and honoring the governing authorities, they they go hand in hand. And you can't resist one without eventually resisting the other. You, You can't tear one down without tearing down the other, they're, they're intimately connected because, because they're both the places where God's authority is fixed. Or Luther, he puts it this way in his explanation to the fourth commandment. He says, he says we should honor our father and mother. What does this mean? Well, we should, we should fear and love God so that we do not anger or despise our parents or other authorities, but gladly serve and obey them love, and cherish them. Behind the riots in the streets and the chaos erupting in our land is a very simple problem. No one honors authority because parents are no longer there for their children. We're just now beginning to see the fruits of a generation who 50 years ago not only resisted the honorable estate of holy matrimony, but actually embraced the erosion of the family, the erosion of fathers and mothers in the home. In 1970, 
Then California Governor Ronald Reagan passed the first ever no-fault divorce law in the United States. He himself a divorced and remarried man. And within 20 years, the divorce rate more than doubled, almost tripled in our country, leaving millions of children split between, between multiple households, and packing their bags every week, and living without consistency and a place to learn what it means to honor thy father and thy mother. And then three years later, in 1973, the Supreme Court, as we know, legalized abortion, which hurts women and tears families apart and resists life itself. And it resists the authority that God has granted to the parent to protect their child. Think back 50 years ago, before the legalization of abortion, when Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote his famous report for President Lyndon Johnson on the state of the African-American family. Back then, Moynihan was concerned that the rate of births to single mothers was approaching nearly 25% among this population, which he warned then would spell disaster for that beleaguered population. But today, 50 years later, 70%. 7 in 10 African-American children grow up without a father in the home. And after 50 years of no-fault divorce and millions of children predominantly associated with the African-American community have been aborted in the womb, I believe that we are just now beginning to see the fruits of resisting God's authority. Or as St. Paul warns us, incurring judgment. Because you cannot tear down the family without also eventually tearing down all other authorities. And vice versa. You can't tear down the governing authorities without eventually tearing down your own offices as parent, father, and mother. Okay, last troubling statistic. 50 years ago, 9 in 10 children were raised by their father and their mother. But today, only 4 in 10 children are raised by their father and mother. And the laws passed, even now in our generation, will only worsen that number not help it. The situation is rather bleak. But St. Paul, he's providing clarity for us here. If, if you're frustrated by the political climate of our day, if you're looking out upon our culture and you are distraught and you do not know what to do or how to help it, then start by looking at the needs of your own home, right there within your own four walls. And love those whom Jesus says are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Your children. There is no greater work given among mankind by God than that of a parent, of a husband and a wife, to stick together and remain united through thick and thin for the good of their children. Family's the building block of society, and your labor within those four walls of your home, you want to talk about labor that is not in vain, that is true labor in the Lord. Well, each meal cooked or bought, when things get stressful, each load of laundry washed and folded, each bedtime story, every little college tuition or large college tuition payment sent, with every small act of discipline with every act of love, with each sacrifice made, and each 
hour of work you put in and every minute of play, you are showing your child the love of God and what it looks like to use the very authority of God that you have been given as their parent for their good. And you're forming them to be good citizens, good neighbors, obedient, honoring the governing authorities, to honor God's authority and in all places of sacred responsibility and office which which God has instituted. See, in your home, you teach your children the most important virtues and values. Humility, repentance, forgiveness, unconditional love, honor, courage, sacrifice. You show them that strength is not found in being perfect or in being powerful, but in humility and in grace. And the one who died upon the cross for them and rose from the dead. And that when we don't have it all together, he is the one who still holds us all together through every weakness, through every temptation, through every trial, through each and every tear and valley, through chaos and mistakes, through your many missteps and your darkest sins. His love endures forever. He carries us. He carries us all. Our burning streets our darkest nights, our deepest sins. He's the one with authority, even over us. And he works through us despite our many blunders, just as he also works through our governing authorities. Over the presidents we like and the ones we don't like. And so we submit and we obey and we do not resist them. We pray for them and we honor them because to tear down or belittle or resist the governing authorities would be to eventually tear down our own office as parent and the authority of God himself. In your home, you pass on the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to the next generation. All children here and abroad in every nation and in every generation, we are pointing them to the one who loved them and us so much that he died on that cross and he rose from the dead and that he is coming again to set all things right. Owe no one anything except to love each other, Paul writes, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. If you desire to fix the streets of our world today, then then begin by loving your family. Love your wife, love your husband, love your children, and resist anything that threatens to get in the way of that. Be quick to repent before one another, even quicker to forgive one another in Christian love and embrace each other in love. And if you don't have a spouse or a child, then help the church in her mission to love the least of these among us, the greatest in the kingdom, and pray to the Lord to provide an opportunity for you to minister to a child who's in need, especially those without parents at all. Because with more and more children growing up without any parent in their life, it will only continue to get worse in our country and in our land, and we should all be praying as a church about how to help. Whether that's through maternity homes, or whether that looks like something like adoption for you, or fostering, or opening ourselves up to whether or not the Lord is equipping you for such a task as this, to help one of the greatest among us in this kind of a way. And that would be a big way. 
but this may be the greatest and most important work of the church in our land today, helping children. And the careers which support the child are now more important than ever, teaching, becoming a deaconess in the church, coaching, mentoring, countless other things that we could be doing. Don't don't neglect or resist children today, no matter the cost. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Dear Saints of Trinity, may you be assured today that the Lord is pleased when you're there for your children. Not resisting them, but receiving them sleepless nights and all with the love of God. And may you rest in the many places that you have failed to do so in the authority of the one who forgives all sin and raises you back up for the work to be done in the home. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.